2: Every guy looks better and feels more comfortable when he puts on a suit. There's one problem, guys keep buying generic off-the-rack suits. That's why Blue Wire is pumped to partner with Indochino for an amazing deal on a new suit. Indochino is the world's leading made-to-measure menswear company. They make suits and shirts to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. Looking to get married? Actually, our producer, Brian, is getting married. And they have a ton of options for those looking to outfit their wedding party. I will absolutely be there, as I'm the best man. And it's so easy to get started. Visit a stylist at one of Indochino's 40 showrooms in North America and have them take your measurements personally. Or measure yourself at home and shop online at Indochino.com. This week, Miami Heat Beat listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $369 nice, at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping's free. And that's always a plus. So that's Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for any premium suit that's just $369 and free shipping. This is an incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit. Once you go custom, you don't go back.
3: Miami Miami. Miami Miami. Miami Miami. Miami Miami. Miami 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 it
2: Miami like Miami Welcome, Miami welcome, welcome to the Miami heat, Miami heat, Miami host Miami heat, Miami with Miami today. Not producer, co-founder Brian Goins. He's still enjoying his Thanksgiving in yonder land. But with us today is our professional screw-up, Alex Toledo. Yep. We have our statistician and pun master, Nikias Duncan. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Afternoon podcast on a Sunday here. And we have our statistician and professional photoshopper, Christian Hernandez. Hey. Hey. Eating dinner, doing podcasts, enjoying a nice afternoon heat win as the Heat barely beat the Brooklyn Nets on the road. Uh, close the game out with a ten-zero run. Justice hits some free throws to ice the game. Uh, you love to see it. You love to see Justice after uh, what I would like to call a rough-ass fourth quarter of uh, missing shots, open threes, layups, finger rolls, the the works uh, to to stay in after that timeout with like five minutes left to go, and honestly play like a dog on defense and to hit those free throws. Like to me, that might be the lasting impression—not Jimmy taking over, but the fact that like justice justice really like regained himself and the trust that spo had in him like to me who's in the tank for him that was huge
1: oh i would agree with that like he had some nice defensive possessions on spencer Then what he laid came up with tough boards um them and that is highly encouraging because the free throw shooting has been pretty inconsistent Um, I would say that my lasting impression was a little bit negative. I feel like the Heat looked very out of sorts in the half court late. Um, The Brooklyn Nets like to zone up their five against non-shooters anyway. So they had Jared Allen playing way back. They had Johnny Jordan playing way back whenever Bam was in. And you start to see a little bit of the indecisiveness with Bam. Um, He did not – he took some jumpers early on in the game that didn't go down. I guess that kind of um, froze him a little bit. He did not take – he didn't look comfortable with the ball. Um, He did not want to take this jumper – Um, kind of just kind of waited out the offense for more dribble handoff stuff, which is mostly fine if you're doing that with a shooter, but when you have like DeAndre Jordan playing off of Bam and he's waiting for justice to come, justice isn't a pull up threat that defenses respect. So the floor is still cramped. So it was a little confusing to me to see Bam kind of looking out of sorts. And also there didn't seem to be really any kind of direction, like get some shooters involved to kind of utilize Bam as a screener there to free those guys, since the Nets are basically basically not guarding Bam, so I feel like there's some room for improvement there. But when you can deal with those kind of issues and still come up with a tough road to win, I mean, you take that.
2: And they're not like a bad team. Like I know that they're missing Kyrie and Levert, but they beat the Celtics um, the other day as well without. Those how guys. many games so.
3: have they has Kyrie missed
1: at this point? <laughs> a lot. not a lot. I think. Uh, yeah, I think after the like loss to the Heat tonight, I think the Nets are six and three since Kyrie went down. Hmm. I mean, Man,
4: that team is going to be so good, by the way.
3: Oh, when they're, when they're healthy?
4: Yeah. When they're fully healthy, that team is going to be stupid good. Yep. Are they going to be able to keep Dinwiddie? Yes. Well,
2: yeah, the, they're going to yeah, have him signed. for three years. Yeah, they have him Oh, for he's three the, years. he signed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He signed some weird contract that's been in the news that he wants to, like, purchase a bond on his own contract and, like, get money up front so that it becomes some sort of cyber currency or something. I don't know if you guys have read up on that. I'm probably not saying that correctly. It's a really weird story. I know yeah, what you're talking about,
3: but yeah. Uh I came in with this the same feeling as Nakai said it was pretty negative all throughout. Uh, I think the process was bad. I think we can count on them to be a really good defensive team in crunch time and then Jimmy to make the right reads, you knowing when to attack, know when to, you know, take that jumper, know when to pass out of a of a drive. And that's gonna be you know what they rely on at the end but man the elephant really in the room really is when the shots aren't going down from three the offense doesn't look smooth
2: but see like that's why i thought the the win was encouraging because i'm of the belief that they've kind of been playing a little bit above their ceiling in terms of shooting the ball and like just the offense in general they're number 11th in offense as of today and i think that's probably a little on their high end
3: I was going to say because another reason I'm not as high on on the win is because, like, Brooklyn is 17th and 18th on, you know, offensive rating and defensive rating. And I think they only had one real scoring threat who's also their facilitator in Dinwiddie. And I feel like they didn't do a good job, you know, basically putting the defensive game plan on him because it's like he's the one taking the load and scoring. And then the Joe Harris thing is something that, is now a byproduct where you've been talking about that they allow a lot of threes and you know people are just gonna get hot against he was wide playing. I mean they He's Duncan Robinson like, man he is a textbook shooter <laughs> he will drive in when they close out on him, you know just solid.
2: The ones I don't like that they allow is there was one possession where he popped to the corner off a screen and they tried they threw him the the ball in, and Jimmy played the passing lane for the steal instead of the rotation over. And those are the ones I don't like because that's like a really like risky gamble because yeah if you get the steal you're still in the backcourt and like you're gonna unless he's gonna outrun everyone else you you know it's not gonna be like a sure score and you're gonna give up a wide open three to a corner to an elite shooter like those are the ones that like I think that they have to be a little more discerning about um, but like that's gonna happen. Like they're they're a, they're a high steel team, and that's what they want to do. They really want to trap and force turnovers. Uh, they were trapping a lot late in the game too. They were doing traps and switches, which I like. I really like the mix up, and I thought that was a big part of why they were able to kind of cut that game. They were throwing so many different looks at those ball handlers. Uh, even though Joe Harris got a really good look up top uh, when they went for that two for one, uh, I thought they I thought the defense was good. But I'm like, well, you guys are. I'm like concerned that they won a game where their offense looked bad, and I think that's like encouraging. Like, can they do enough to win? But it's a team that has
3: against a team that hasn't been good on defense.
2: Yeah, but that happens on it's the road in, in the NBA. That's gonna happen. Maybe the least the road, road stuff game of around. road
3: games in Brooklyn.
2: <laughs> exactly. It's a that in a Hawks game.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't know, man. I didn't like. Didn't is really their best player again? I just didn't think that that was a great win. I thought they should have done better. Uh, I'm glad they won. The fact that they came, that was a great – it was an impressive finish, no doubt. Like, they were able to just lock in and get multiple stops and and then actually put points on the board. And uh, the free throw shooting is going to be huge for them, man. The fact that Jimmy can get there whenever he wants and that Bam theoretically can get there, he's he's kind of been a little bit up and down lately in that aspect. Uh, I think that's something that's going to be good for them because they can't be relying on the shooting, I think, as much as they have. And We were talking about it beforehand. Like, I think Spo knows this at this point, man. I think that's why he's a little bit hesitant to put Justice back in, just because he's looking at it like, what are what are two what are going to be our two main units, right? He's like, I, I like this unit with uh, Jimmy as playmaker, surrounded by Nunn, Robinson, Myers, and Bam, and then off the bench you've got this other unit with multiple playmakers, uh, Justice, Goron, Hero, and I think he's he's sort of playing into that right now. He's like, we're gonna have multiple shooters in every lineup. Uh, Defensive versatility, at least with a couple of guys. I think he's just trying to stick to what's going to win games in the regular season right now.
4: I mean, at the same time, though, I feel like he's going to keep tinkering because how many guys right now could theoretically be playing? Like 12? (laughs) At least. And yeah, this team is so deep that you could throw out two solid squats, like 10 guys, you know, just easily. you You could swap them all out at the same time if you wanted to, like if you get down to the playoffs. But. You just have to figure out who those five should be and it's like i feel like this is the most interesting thing about this team is that i feel like the best five combination involves a guy who played six minutes tonight in kelly ellen yes so it's like i feel like in that sense i feel like he's still playing around with lineups a lot and he historically has liked doing this in the beginning of the season just to kind of see what works and what doesn't um
3: i do think he's gonna get back in the starting lineup at some point so i agree with you there and and uh, it's gonna be tough, man. Like Myers needs to be launching like he was tonight, because if not, like that lineup could get rough offensively. What and did I think you? you're right about Kelly, but I feel like Spoh's gonna end up uh just going matchup based, right, with the rotation decisions. That's like too. tonight he had so many lineups where Justice was the second tallest guy on the floor. They had like the closing lineup was Justice and Bam, with uh who else, who else was it Goron? Uh, I'm blanking out Duncan. I'm missing one more person. Tyler, no it was jimmy justice bam and then goron and and duncan robinson
4: yeah i mean duncan is the one that's that's super surprising he had he played the second most minutes tonight he was a team best plus 14 and the the heat had a 90.8 defensive rating while he was on the court tonight which was the best out of everybody who played so he's clearly making an impact on both sides of the ball and when he's hitting a shot i mean the team is just going to blow the doors off people
2: which is why like A game like today Like They don't do it And they were still able to win On the road When nothing was going their way Nothing And it wasn't even One of their better Defensive showings For, for three quarters Like I thought that They were making a lot of mistakes And yeah. I, I'm i not really a fan of Justice Defensively at the four Which they went to a lot today But Oh the, boy I mean I
3: just well, did not well, think well, They well, had anybody well. That could make them pay for, for Throwing justice at the four In any way like they had Torian Prince out there playing four a lot, didn't they? Yeah, yeah
1: they, they did. Guys, I feel like say? this was going to be the kind of matchup that the Heat could go small in, and that I don't, genuinely, I don't generally mind Justice at the four end. My issue is more with the scheme, because they'll have Justice in at the four, and they'll still run their drop stuff, which kind of defeats the purpose of going small, if you're going to have Justice basically operating as a run protector, and that's not what he does. If they employ more switching one through four, or even one through five, five when Bam's at the five, then I think that works out because that's what that's what the versatility is for that's what the speed is for so if you're still kind of running a, a plotting defensive scheme with fast guys you're going to get blitzed offensively
4: yeah I'm think? wondering though if at this point Spo knows that the team is good and he's just going to hide all his best shit until the end of the season the playoffs because that that is something that would make sense also because it doesn't make a lot of sense Humans have been shaving for thousands of years. And the secret to a great shave?
2: It hasn't really changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters. Sharp, durable blades at a fair price. And I love Harry's because it gives me a close shave. Easy glide for a low price. Do us a favor and check out harrys.com bluewire for your free trial today and harry's is a return to the essential quality great blades at a really fair price it's just two dollars per blade guys it's the most convenient thing you can ever ask for the blades refills are super super easy and they're delivered directly to your door on your schedule and you don't need a subscription and there's no risk for you to try them out if you don't like it you can just return them and you'll get a refund Listeners of my show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash blue wire. You'll get a weighted aerogomatic handle for firm grip. You get a five blade razor with the lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash blue wire to start shaving better today. I mean, Nikaias. The only thing I can think of is maybe they were trying to kind of contain the dribble drives, in particular, but of Dimwitty. Maybe that could be a reason why they were employing that today. I don't think it's good in the long run, and I don't really like it to begin with. But that could be a reason why they went to that.
1: I mean, I don't mind drop coverage in general. It's just you can't really run that when you're going small. I don't think because the heat now part- with justice at least. Hmm?
2: If you. If you have, like, a guy like Siakam at four, it's a little different because you have the length and the rim. Well, yeah, that's true.
1: Well, against the Nets, like, there there was no – who's your post threat for Brooklyn? It's not Jared Allen. It's not DeAndre Jordan unless he gets, like, a little guy on him. And even then, you kind of live with that. I think – I mean, you just kind of – you switch one through four and just kind of live with it at that point. And you saw a little bit more switching in the fourth, and that's how you ended up with, like, Justice on Spencer Dinwiddie on a drive that he contested well. And that's where you start to see more of the success for Miami. And I think that's just something they're going to have to continue once they go small, because if you're going to play just at four, like that's, that's just kind of what you have to do to put him in position to succeed there because you're already kind of wasting his best defensive ability because he's better on ball than he is as like a help okay. guy or a rim protector when you're running him and picking roles as the big guy. So if you're already doing it, you got to make sure you put him in position to succeed. Let him put him in situations where he can still hang out on the perimeter and really bother offenses.
2: Do you think that there's a better option for a small ball
1: four than him on the team? Uh, the only other guy I think could really do it would be James Johnson, which <laughs> I guess it's it's kind of a catch twenty two because he has the skill set to do it, but also you have to let him play enough to get a rhythm so he can be effective. And if you're giving him offensive touches, which they haven't looked great this year then you're kind of tanking the offense a little bit. So you have to kind of balance how how much can I – how much leeway can I give J.J. on offense to let him find his good defensively?
4: Christian, what were you going to say? I mean, and like, think about that. Like, uh, to me, Chris Silva's ahead of him in the rotation. Chris Silva got six minutes tonight. Olenek got six minutes. Chris Silva got six minutes. They just have way too many guys. Derek Jones Jr., I think, was – I think he did play. It says here he played for ten seconds. I didn't even, I didn't even <laughs> notice that. But he did. not either. Like, you know, like, it's, it's. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I think we need to he's focus on kill the people his that they're throwing out there right now that, and they're winning games with. Do you think he's mad at Spo for killing his averages like that?
2: <laughs> I'd be, I'd be mad. I'd be like, I have my agent call Spo like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> it's gonna tank my numbers. I don't even, I don't even know if there's a place for him to play at this point. Djj.
1: This is why the Heat need to consolidate. Consolidation. I mean, where did the day? Where did the week? Again? Are we having the trade show? <laughs>
4: yeah,
1: we don't need to make it a trade show, but like this, the Heat need another wing. They just kind of they just have to do it. Wing or small ball? Wing or small ball? Are four? Uh,
2: what would you rather have at this point?
1: Like a friend of mine hit um, asked me about Marcus Morris the other day, Marquise Morris or Marcus Morris? Who wanted to? I think it was Marcus Morris. The one on the Knicks? Yes, Marcus Morris. Dude. Yeah, yeah. So like he would be the kind of tweener three four guy that that he could use. Uh, I'm just also envisioning positions. I mean, if him and Kendrick Nunn play together, <laughs> no one else is ever gonna touch the ball. <laughs> yeah, that kind of. I don't really like him. Bit. But uh, like he would be the kind of mode that you would look for. Like I've always I've thrown out Trevor Ariza a couple of times. Ooh, flyer on Trevor Ariza. So I mean, he's mid, but he's a fit. So I mean I think that's those are the kind of wins you're going to be looking for.
2: It's kind of tricky cuz of the hard cap yeah. and they're going to they're going to retain Chris Silva. So like it's it's weird. Like their 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 options are really limited. It's not a badly constructed roster. It's good. They just have I think one or two needs and some consolidation that could go a long way. Like big time.
1: My last and, trade thought is that if they're going to go for Trevor Reza, they should probably try to get a and dip in the same deal. If that's
2: possible. I love Devin. They have too many bigs though, man. I mean they, they have like they have Myers, a big factor then, Huh? But anyway,
1: that, that's all I have on the trade front.
2: Alex didn't say this. Alex said this uh, pregame, but a uh, pre-show, but like he, he was saying that the reason why Kelly didn't play was because Myers took two shots and Spoh was like,
1: whoa, can't mess this up. <laughs> gotta gotta keep his confidence up. I yeah, sorry, Kelly. I remember a few years ago, uh, can't believe really about the quote Charles Barkley, but anyway, he was talking about Jamal Crawford and Joe Johnson when they play on the same team in Atlanta. And he was like, if you could take Jamal Crawford's head and put it inside of Joe Johnson, Joe Johnson would be like an incredible off the player because he has all these moves, but he didn't he wasn't as aggressive as he thought he could be. If you could take some of Kendrick Nunn's <laughs> aggressive, right? And you give it to Myers Leonard, <laughs> like Myers Leonard probably averages like 18.
2: We used to say that about Hassan and Justice that if you gave Justice Hassan's touch, like he'd be like the greatest player ever.
1: I, I it, oh man, it's such a odd contrast to watch like Myers Leonard pass up the most open shots.
2: It's McRoberts' like I've said this before,
1: but pick his head up at all and just.
2: It Kind of actually reminds me of to use a more uh not a non dated example Marcus All, how he just doesn't look at the basket sometimes, oh, and you're just
1: no. like, dude, you're wide ass open. All right, next segment. Well, but I, That is that not a good example? Ne- next segment, I know where this is going. I, it wasn't, I it was now, just a comparison. It was just
2: a comparison of a big who can shoot and could pass and like is, is really versatile, and they just pass up open looks, and it's a little frustrating. You could have used Josh McRoberts an actual Heat example. I used him. Josh McRoberts, but I said to use a little less dated of an example. Okay. I, listen, I think that eventually we got to get to the point that Kelly's starting, and I know Nikaias you throughout the lineup of what was it? Uh, Kelly, Bam, Hero, Jimmy, Justice. That that should be the starting five at some point.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's what they have to work towards. I think if they're not going to make a trade, that's kind of that has to be the end game for them. I don't
2: mind Duncan over Hero though.
1: Yeah, I mean he's fine, but I do think Duncan's I mean, if Hero's not a better player now, he will be. So I think eventually he's gonna be he's gonna be your long term starter, so might as well throw him into the fire and he's looked good this year.
2: Defensively Duncan's impressed me. There was a possession late in that game that he was he got he got caught, uh he was targeted and he really held his own until Bam came to help and I thought that was like as impressive as anything he's done this season. Late game scenario didn't give up a basket, didn't give up ground, and gave enough time for the defensive player of the year candidate to come fix it. Yeah. Like that's like that's huge, like for him. But like, that guy couldn't. He was really he was stick skinny last year and couldn't stay on the floor. And now this
4: guy's like holding his own late game scenarios on the road. Yeah, I mean he's also changed a lot. Like you know, from actually getting his shots to go down to you know his. His physique, you know, he's he's not just somebody that you can just push over like he was when he first came in.
2: It's him, I guess. Like he kind of has Tyler's. He had Tyler's body type last season, (laughs) probably like a little skinnier. Uh, dude, Tyler's Tyler's off the dribble stuff is really cool. Like his little like left to right pull up, even if it's a mid range, it's it looks good, man. That's something that they haven't had in a long time.
1: His footwork on. His footwork period is
2: well beyond his years. Mm-hmm. How how were we so wrong?
1: Oh, buddy. Were we more wrong with him or Bam? I mean, probably Bam. At least probably Bam, right? I mean, <laughs> Epayudo. Yeah, we, we, we <laughs> failed as like, a why team. Are you we failed as a team. Bam dribbled. <laughs> what did you call it? Like, Epayudo? Oh,
2: that's why. What did you call him? Hmm? Epayudo?
1: Yeah, it was like, "Why draft Bam when you could just sign Ikpea Udo for the minimum?" And it's like, "Hey, he can rim run and block shots. Just sign him when we already have Hassan. Then you later sign Kelly." But you know, Bam can dribble and stuff, and that's that's uh, a lot different. Pass. Yeah,
2: I want him to. I want him to start like, kind of being not not even taking jumpers, but like maybe being a little more aggressive and dribbling into contact.
1: He has to. He also need, he needs to figure out some things for in terms of like contested finishes too. Like, last year, he Would was Would you a say bad he numb, needs to go soul-searching?
2: Like Does Bam have to?
1: Does Bam have to what?
2: Does Bam have to soul-search? Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, A little bit, man. Uh, there was a drive late against Jared Allen that did not look good. and it, That whole matchup just bothered me because Jared Allen is the exact type of center that he should be building because Jared Allen is a long, lanky center who doesn't really have a great center of gravity, can be moved easily, which is why he's always been a bad rebounder and a bad rim protector despite being a good shot blocker which is odd but like i was just waiting for bam to just lower his shoulder and just move, move him out of the way and he just did not do that consistently it was a little bit worrying.
2: it's man i i don't i don't know what the high end of this team is like i've been so back and forth on like who the hell that the heat can be like They're coming up on a really tough road trip. They're going to have Toronto and Boston on the second night of a back-to-back, both on the road. They're going to be in Washington on the road, which that team is an offensive juggernaut right now. And then they have a a cake game against Chicago uh, on the road um, with rest. But,
4: I mean, they can easily beat one and three in that
2: road trip, and, like, it wouldn't surprise
4: me. I mean, that's not an easy road trip. Those are all really good teams, you know.
2: I mean, Washington's not a good team, but the offense is so potent that... Yeah, they're historically good right now. Yeah, it's insane what they're doing.
1: What bothers me about that is, like, if Kyle Lowry's back for Toronto, you're looking at three really good... I mean, three teams with really good pull-up shooters, and Miami's already running drop, and Myers Leonard plays 12 feet off for shooters when he's in drop. So, I mean, you're going to be conceding a lot of pull-up jumpers, and there's definitely a path to the Heat get lit up if those guys get high.
2: Especially the Raptors that like love to
1: shoot threes from all over the court. Yeah, like not yeah, even, not even the pull-up stuff. But yeah, typically you want to concede, but you don't want to concede them in the way that Miami's been doing it, with specifically with Myers on the floor because he plays so far back.
2: And Toronto has three ball handlers that like to take those. And the Celtics have two. Like Kemba's gonna step into a lot of threes that he loves up there. And have they been playing be with problem. Siakam at the five? Not that much. Sometimes they I mean now with Baca back. I think they're gonna do a, a lot less. Ibaka was supposed to come back today. I don't. I don't think he's played tonight. Yeah, he's played. He's played uh, twelve minutes. So I don't really think that they're gonna be doing a lot of that. Um, at least not against Miami. They're probably gonna stay big. Um, I I honestly think that that's like the secret sauce that they haven't really tapped into yet, like that devastating force at the five. Uh, but we'll see. My I I want I want Miami to do like. I kind of really want Miami to play it like a team that would do that because I want to see what their answer is. It's probably Bam, but I I think that some justice at the five minutes could be fun to see. Like if you go really, really small, right? And if you have a bunch of shooters, justice.
1: Probably. I'm glad you said that because I think you mentioned earlier. It was either on the time or in the chat. Someone mentioned about – no, that was Christian actually about the rent protection issue with Bam at the five. And I feel like a lot of, I have to check the numbers, but I feel like a lot of Bam at the five has come with like Goring on the floor or smaller guards on the floor. And I think that in conjunction with like them still not switching nearly enough when they go small, I think that's made the defense look a lot worse than it is or it could be with Bam at the five. Because I, I mean, that's Bam at the five, what makes him so valuable and why the heat, a part of the reason why the heat wanted to move him from Hassan is that. Bam could step out on perimeter need be and still offer enough reputation to keep your defense employed. Mm. And it seems like they're picking, they're trying to toggle between two defenses, but they're doing it at the wrong time. And it's leading well, some issues.
2: Sometimes they trap too, and then when when a oh. guy beats a
1: trap, then Bam's on an island. So. Yeah, the traps really bothered me tonight. <clears throat> I did not see.
4: Yeah, no, and the the big issue with that is you know Bam, the reason why Bam is so good is that if. And for some reason, teams still like to switch him on. I know he got switched on to Dinwiddie numerous times today, and he's perfect at covering the perimeter. But if he is playing the big role and he's out covering the perimeter, there's nobody protecting for rebounds. And there, I mean, you know, apart from Justice, Justice legitimately is always trying, um, you know, to, to hit the glass. But that, that really makes you a very small team in that regard. So it's 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 not. It's not ideal because the way that Bam is such a great defensive player of the year type player is because of his abilities on the perimeter more than his abilities, you know, protecting the rim.
2: Justice, by the way, tonight with only three rebounds, to your point. Especially when he played a lot of minutes at four. And that's kind of a number that you want to go up. Especially offensively because he's going to rebound the ball and push. That's, I think, one of his biggest advantages. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's not able to do that if he's not getting rebounds down there. So despite him playing that position and being down there a lot, he was getting beat. I do think the Heat out-rebounded. I was looking today that the Heat are like the second, the first or second best team at rebound percentage in the league this year, which is kind of shocking considering uh, they lost their best rebounder, and we thought that this was going to be a legitimate issue for them. And they've been one of the best in the league at that, which helps their defense a lot, obviously.
4: It's been a team effort, really i mean tyler's been great at it man that guy gets after no, it. no that's what it is they have guards and wings that really crash the boards for various reasons and you know it's, they've really made up for that for that loss of of hassan who was truly one of the elite re- rebounding big men in the league
2: did you see that number i tweeted out on thanksgiving that hassan and Melo are like plus 10 on the court and they're like minus six without them that's insane
4: well, what world are we living in? I'm also in? excited to see them play some quality teams again because I am happy. I, for I think Melo, all those man. games have been against pretty bad teams, which is, you know, it's still great that they're playing that well. Honestly, but Melo's playing so much better than I thought it was going to be. So Sam. I'm very surprised by that.
1: He's dunking. He's beating guys with his first <laughs> step and dunking. It's I, I will say uh, Melo did have like a really good three or four game stretch with Houston early in the year last year. Um, that included a couple of twenty pieces, some big clutch shots, and then the defense kind of became overwhelming, and then the shots start stopped falling. So I just want to see more from Melo, but like genuinely good for him to still being in the league. So that's
2: Nikaias Melo skeptic.
1: Uh, yeah, you can yeah you can call me a Melo skeptic. Yeah, All right, we'll here. just have to see if he's making shots then cool because he kind of has to. He's not going to offer anything on defense.
2: Well, then let me ask you: Are you a Kendrick Nunn skeptic?
1: Oh man, where do we start? Um the feel is a problem
4: yeah he, he he can be a really good player but he has this recipe where if his shot's not falling he can kind of torpedo what you're trying to do <laughs> and it's it's definitely problematic because we've seen it happen on the road it tends to happen more often than at home at home he's been great but yeah it's it's a lot
1: he he just does not see the floor well at all And I think worse than him not seeing the floor well, is that it doesn't seem like he attempts to see the floor well. And I think that's my biggest issue with him. I was thinking about this the other day. It kind of, in a way, it reminded me of Josh Richardson. I was kind of like, I wish he had the Jay Rich problem to where Jay Rich was seeing stuff when they were giving him all these pick and roll reps. He was seeing stuff late. And so you'll see some off passes. Some passes go out of bounds or go off a foot or some guys to turn over whatever. But Jay Rich is actively seeing different coverages, seeing different guys rotate over, and he's just missing out on timing. And then he ended up getting better last year. With Kendrick Nunn, he's not looking. And you don't get you don't get better if you're not look at least actively looking for this <laughs> stuff. He comes off the pick, and if the defender is behind him at all, the floater's going up. If the big drops too far, he's gonna take a contested layup. Like he's missing a ton he's of passes. He's missing a ton of corner kicks. And like they're there. And I would much rather him throw them late and at least see the process starting to grow a little bit. And that part of it worries me that he's not even looking at it because he is an older rookie. He's 24 already. Him being score first isn't a problem. Him being score only is a problem. And I just, if his shot isn't falling, I'm not sure what he really adds.
2: The holiday rush is coming. And if you sell stuff online, you better get ready with ShipStation.com. With more people buying online than ever before, you're going to have to get out orders quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders to decide which shipping carrier to use, or if you're even getting the best rates? Luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered on time for the holidays. No matter what you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings you all the orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with any of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, and UPS. You can even compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now, any business can access the same postage discounts that you are usually reserved for big Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know that you're getting the best deal. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of the holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation handle it with ease. Just use our promo code BLUE to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com offer code blue ship station make ship happen we want to welcome in our anime lover and photoshopper brass jazz who's covering the game
5: what's up everybody
2: he makes it here he uh late coming right from the arena into the show
5: well or coming straight home when my kid's throwing up, but you know.
2: I don't want to throw you under the bus, but yeah. Brass was being a good father.
5: That's okay. I will never scold the heat when I see illness on the report ever again. <laughs> you'll never you'll never slander
2: Jimmy Butler for missing games.
5: Nope, nope. I know exactly what bubble gut is.
2: <laughs> oh my God well brass brass is the locker room brass what was the vibe in there because like we were kind of discussing like I was saying that I kind of look at it as a positive win despite them not looking great. Nikias, Alex and Christian were more of a eh, kind of a concerning win what was like what was going on in the locker room I
5: think the locker room vibe was it was pretty good um, particularly for Jimmy Jimmy was asked that, that uh, same question um, if he looked at it as a good win or not um and, and he just looked at it as a positive thing kind of overcoming that. Um, even though there were some shooting deficiencies, uh, you know, in the end, there were some players, they still were able to power through it and have good, some good defense. And yeah, I mean, overall it was, it was pretty good. I think that would be a pretty deflating if, if they had, uh, if they had lost that one because I, you, they need to win this one.
2: <laughs> they really needed it considering <laughs> their like really hard schedule coming up. We were just yeah, talking about like, they're not road trips. They're brutal. not that easy. Yeah. Did Spo talk about like? Cause I and I asked you if you can get a question in, but I I kinda heard the presser and I, I didn't really I didn't I, I don't think you were able to ask, but did Spo ever talk about like leaving justice in after that five minute timeout?
5: Yeah, Manny uh Manny had sort of he snuck in with some justice questions, so I couldn't really I didn't want to be redundant there. But yeah, he um yeah, he said kind of what you expect him to say, uh, you know, it's just justice has so many other things that he brings outside of just, you know, just shooting. So even when he's not knocking down the shots, um, he still brings so much more to the table. Um, And yeah, so that's, that's really, that's kind of why he, he left him in. Uh, He just felt it was right.
2: Um, Also have to ask you, do you feel like the Brooklyn nets court looks like the floor of a Costco?
5: I gotta be honest. I really think it's awesome. I think it's awesome too. But I, I also think I it looks like, like it. the floor of a coffee. At first, it, it threw me like,
4: off. But watching a whole game of it, pretty good. I,
5: I really, I really love it. I mean, the whole Biggie thing is a little. I mean, Biggie was a Knicks fan. Come on, but, <laughs> that's weird. Don't don't appropriate the notorious but, B.I.G. But it's still that court is hot, man. That's it's really nice. It it just it just works man like the, just the vibe and it's sort of looking like subway tiles like on the outside. it's just nice man I, I really i hate the nets but man it's really cool
2: it sucks that they don't have fans it sucks that they're all Heat fans there
5: game and i just want to say hey good home win tonight <laughs>
2: <laughs> bro how how was that crowd split because like when i'm watching on tv jimmy made a free throw and i heard cheers to the point that i was like wait a second did he miss <laughs> i've been going
5: to those nets games ever since they moved to brooklyn and uh, I've, I've been to almost every heat game there and it is deafening uh, the, the the heat cheers there. It really is. It's like not even much of a split. It's it's they're like overwhelmed with heat fans there. It's it's pretty crazy. Um, I legitimately saw more heat jerseys in my section than Nets jerseys. Like
2: and it wasn't even close. Heat continue to win at home, man. What can I say? Their home record is incredible. Undefeated at home. <laughs> <laughs> you, you love to see it. Well, I mean, like, it sucks, like, for for them. I mean, they're about to get KD and, and Kyrie, so I'm sure that there'll be a lot of fake net fans there. Yeah. I mean, it, listen,
5: it's kind of hard for... I was thinking of that. Um, the only way they're going to have a fan base is for bandwagoners. That's it. That's the only New way, way to build it up. Because, I mean, how else do you build it up organically? In all honesty. Um, I mean, it's going to take... Because I remember this... I actually liked what that just like kind of going back when they had PJ Carlesimo when they uh, when they were when they
2: Garnett Pierce yeah
5: well no it was, this was this was prior to that PJ they were one they were one win from the second round and they lost to the Bulls actually in Chicago game seven and then PJ was fired and then they hired Jason Kidd and then they got you know the, became yeah. yeah the the, the Boston uh, yeah or the the Brooklyn Celtics. Um, and I just, I never, re- I didn't understand that move at the time. It was just, it, you know, it was just crazy. And, and then you notice it's like, oh, now they're selling out games. And now there's tons of people there. There's such a bandwagon, thing. And then it has petered off over, over the years. And now that's going to obviously be back with, with, uh, with KD and Kyrie. And I get that. Um, but I think it's going to take years of that for those fans to sort of stick. And because there's really, I lived in Brooklyn for years and there is n- there it, there's just not a fan base there
2: no culture man lacking of culture yep lacking lacking um I don't know guys like I I'm worried about this road trip I'm worried about them coming back one and three dipping below the Pacers the Pacers have been playing really well lately the Sixers also right at their hip I'm like what would you I think so- is
4: an acceptable way to end this road trip
2: I think you. I think you want two and two. I think you split one of the Toronto Celtic ones, and then you. I, I guess best case scenario, you go three and one, but I think that's unlikely.
4: Uh, it's you, a it's a pop- three game road trip.
2: It's not a four. The, the Chicago game's at home. The Washington
4: game is at home. The Washington game's at home. Um, like if they win one of those games, I think that's a pretty good trip. I just,
2: I just think that those first two games, I just think they're going to lose. I think that Toronto at home is going to be really tough for them. And then Boston on the second night. And I actually like them more than Boston, uh, but you're going to play them on the second night of a back to back. And Toronto plays like, it's going to be a lot for them. So like that, that's kind of what I'm worried about. And I think that the East is kind of getting to the point that it's so jumbled that if you have a bad week, like you can get from second to six. Like, we're, we're kind of – I feel like it's going to be that kind of year that everyone – like, even the Celtics today were, like, losing for most of the game and then they kind of roared back against the Knicks. That would have given Miami, like, a little bit of breathing room. But, like, they can't lose to bad teams. And then, like, when they – they're going to need – at some point, he Heat have to put together an impressive resume of road wins. It just can't continually be beating teams at home, beating Charlotte at home. Like – They're gonna. They have two wins that you can hold up as like okay, these are really good wins, right? They they beat Houston at home by a lot of points, and they beat Milwaukee on the road, in overtime, without Butler. Uh, At some point, they need to show. They need to win one of these like tough road games.
4: I mean, I don't think it should be held against them that a lot of their tough road games this year have been on the second night of back to backs. You're right. They
2: it, that's one hundred percent true.
4: that's it's not a fair test because they you they will never see that situation in the playoffs. So no, that's and that's true. But like they've looked bad in a
2: lot of those games. Um, the Houston game wasn't on, on the second night of a back to back. It was just unfortunate that they played Houston. I mean Houston on the road. If you lose whatever by nine points, like it's not a big deal. Although they were out of that game for most of the yeah, game. Jimmy. They didn't have Jimmy, that's fair. So it's like it, it's kind of weird. Like their their season has been weird because they've missed Jimmy for some big games and then a lot of the other big games have been on second nights of a back to back. So it's kinda hard to kind of get that signature those build up signature wins. All the way that kind of
5: that's all fair, but I, I don't I don't think we should discount them smacking bad teams because that's something we have not seen this team do in years. But at what point are we just numb to it?
4: Well, I mean don't be. I think, I think we should be really happy that we have a team that is legitimately good. I mean, the, the, here's the one stat that just keeps blowing me away. And actually for most of the season, the heat, were actually still winning basketball without Jimmy Butler on the court right now. They're only losing by one point per hundred possessions. They're, They're slightly worse than even when Jimmy's off the court and, and that's it. That's the only time that they're essentially a losing team this season. That's on, that's in like 400 minutes. You know, it's, it's, it's really impressive the amount of guys. And maybe, maybe Jimmy is bringing kind of an effect that goes beyond like the on court, but a lot of these guys are just flourishing right now. And it's, 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 it's incredible to see the, the only thing that is concerning, like you said, is that they definitely seem to fall off a cliff on the road. So they definitely got to figure that out.
2: Like that, that's something to me that's like standing out. It's getting to the point that it's like, okay, like guys, like really, Even at their pseudo home game at Brooklyn, you know, it it was, it got dicey.
5: Yeah. That was looking pretty dark.
2: It was, it was not looking good. Like the end of that third kind of beginning of the fourth before, like they really put it down defensively and Jimmy took over. Like it was looking rough.
5: Yeah, they. I mean, I just my eye test isn't as good as Alf's, but like I just
2: Alpha's king of eye tests, man. Let me tell you, Alf, Alf is leading the league in eye test
5: this super season. Super impressive, and I haven't I, I haven't looked at the post game stats on that, but it just felt like Brooklyn was hitting every three. It felt like all their shots were threes.
2: The Heat, the Heat let them. You know, it's that's kind of the deal. Um, I kind of wanna I kind of wanna end on this note before Brassy came out. We were talking about Kendrick Nunn, and we were kind of discussing the starters a bit. Right, and like who has to come out and who should come in and I think we kinda settled on uh Winslow, Hero, Jimmy, Kelly, Bam. Yeah. My only concern with that, and I know that I'm not the biggest Kendrick Nunn fan, and if you know you follow me on Twitter, you listen to the show, you, you know that I'm like kinda down on him. Um but I have an argument to keep him in the starting lineup despite everything that we've said today. Uh when him and Dragic, uh the him and Dragic lineups are minus sixteen uh, in almost 200 minutes. That's really bad. Like they're, they're getting, they're getting whacked in Dragic none minutes. And I'm kind of wondering like how much time do they really have for them to figure that out? Or do you just keep them separate? Cause they do have really redundant skill sets and I don't really think that none helps Dragic in any way. Uh, and I don't think like vice versa that works either. So I guess like to me, that's my big concern about if you take none out of the starting lineup now you're putting him on the floor with someone who we have statistically that he just doesn't mesh with, and I'm wondering how fixable that is.
5: Ooh. Yeah. Um Yeah, and I, I and like what Dragic is doing in that in that bench unit is is impressive um in terms of just a scoring output. Um Yeah, so you hate to rock the boat too much there, but man, I think they have to try it though.
2: It's weird, right? Like it's like I, I don't I, I don't know if I've talked to you about these numbers yet but that's like been a concerning thing for me Alex keeps making fun of me for that I
1: oh, know I think it's a fair concern I would say if you're going to do it I think the one positive is that you would kind of force Kendrick nunn off ball he is pretty good shooting off of screens I think that's more of a, that's something that needs to be utilized more with him get him more catching the ball off catching the ball on the go and either going with a shot or Penetrating the defense that way because if he if he's your primary ball handler, I just he empowers the other guys around him. I just don't think he needs those traditional point guard duties, and like that is a little bit redundant with going. But going is a much better passer and a much more willing passer. So I do think with more reps, um, I think that can work in the half court. I would be more concerned defensively than anything because I'm not sure who so twos.
2: In those lineups, their offensive rating is 98 and their defensive rating is 115. So Neither is good The defense obviously is really bad Somebody on Twitter pointed out that that could be Just that they're not playing with very good bigs It's probably a lot of Kelly Olenek At five, which is totally fair But I think that the offensive numbers at 98 Is also kind of concerning Like with two guys that you know can score and shoot the ball That the fact that they're not blending together In that way offensively is like a little concerning
1: Yeah, so I guess If we're going to hash this all the way out What would be the ideal five-man unit For them? If you're going full-blown hockey sub, then you're going to be looking at, I guess, Kendrick Nunn, Goron, um, Hero, unless they decide to start him. And then See, but I think
2: team. that if you throw those three like, out there, that defense is going to be really compromised. That's right. like A, you're very small. B, like those are three guys that you don't trust.
1: Yeah, I think if you're going to play those three together, it would have to be one of those early sub in the first quarter type deals to where you still have Bam on the floor because you're going to need... You're going to need some coverage up front, so I do like, think I think I don't think Winslow is terrible there. Uh, it gets t- uh, that's going to depend on what kind of defensive coverage they want to play at that point because now you're really small in the backcourt, so you can't switch as much. So it I- gets dicey. Yeah, like that. I think ideally there, that's when you would hope James Johnson is in some some kind of shape or some kind of rhythm in that little dicey too. that's kind of why
2: I want him to start none. Like I think that if you start none, I think that you kind of allow yourself a little more breathing room and you can kind of put a bigger guard back there. So if you start none and you have Winslow play in the backcourt with Dragic, I think things start looking a little different. I guess that would be my argument. Like I'm kind of playing, I, I agree like the best five man unit they can put out is what we talked about. Kelly, Bam, Hero uh justice butler but like i'm playing devil's advocate on like what actually is practical that affects other lineups on the court because like they'll probably close with that but in reality like what are they really going to start with and where are their major minutes distributions going to
4: i think they really need to find like a core four that they just want to lean heavily on and then i mean with the amount of shooters that they go away huh that's the spell way he always finds like his four
2: guys. And then the fifth one's hot hand.
4: I mean, that's what I'm saying because right now, especially now this team has so many shooters. I mean, last I checked uh, as of before this game started, they had four guys who were shooting 40% from three. Um, yep. So that's Olenek, Nun, hero. And um... yeah. And I think none fell off because he, he he had a rough night shooting. Um, but still you, you have guys who are just making shots and you know, if, if one of those guys gets going, you can just throw them in there.
5: Well, and I saw and uh, Dion was out there shoot around. Early.
4: That's that's the elephant in the room.
5: Yeah,
2: P- pun intended.
5: <laughs> kind of surprising to see him out there. I didn't really expect that. And then he and he put his suit on afterwards.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is perfect.
6: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?